Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Do not, do not, do not touch that dial. You heard the man. It's time for Fox Sports Sunday. And as we enter and wind up October and enter November, I can safely say it continues to be the busiest, perhaps the most exciting time on the sports calendar. So please. Put your seat backs forward and your teary tables upright. We are ready for takeoff. My name is Bernie Fratto. I'm coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. We will take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern, along with my savvy and capable crew. That would be Ricky Herrera, who's in for Bo Benson, Chris Perfett, and Brian Finley on the updates as they man the ship from our Los Angeles compound. Now, we've got a lot on the agenda tonight, including full NFL analysis for Week 8. We've got the Fezzik Five in about 15 minutes. Later on, we'll speculate on the college football playoff selection Sunday or selection Tuesday. That's upon us. And we'll even tackle a sensitive subject involving Major League Baseball. But this has to do with the upcoming CBA negotiations and a prediction I made back in May of 2020. And I'm going to classify it under the I hate it when I'm right. All right. You'll see what I mean. But first... There were some very impactful and impressionable takeaways from Week 7 in the NFL, and they matter because they start to form what will take shape as, you know, the rest of the NFL season and who ends up making the playoffs, who the surprise teams are, the teams who made it last year that won't be participating, and the brand-new Nouveau Riche teams that are really, quite frankly, showing a lot of moxie, and it's been fun this far to watch, right? The Bengals? I said it an hour ago. Yep, they're for real. That plan's coming together. The Sam Darnold experiment, I'm sorry to say, it doesn't seem to be working. His stock is way down. Tom Brady continues to raise the bar. The Chiefs' Super Bowl hangover is 
really hungover, at least for now. And oh, by the way, Green Bay, don't look now, but this is the... They are very much on the short list to get to the promised land. But I want to start, in case you missed it, the Cincinnati Bengals are not only fun to watch, they are legit. Now, it was hard to know what to make of the Bengals earlier in the season. They got off to a 3-1 start, including an overtime win against the Vikings, and then they had a loss to the Bears, and then a a scary, uh, they had a, a real scare against Jacksonville. But since then, they've gone toe-to-toe with the Packers. They beat the living crap out of the Ravens in Baltimore this last week, 41-17. And don't look now, they sit atop, the Bengals sit atop the AFC North. Now, their win at Baltimore was the biggest win ever in Baltimore. And at the risk of putting too much stock in one game, in a Week 7 game, it was also Cincinnati's biggest win, especially when you consider, I think maybe one of their biggest wins as a franchise in, in the regular season, especially when you consider they're so young. They got Jamar Chase, who's only had seven NFL games in his career. Joe Burrow, who had a fabulous rookie year before it was cut short with injury. These guys look like savvy veterans. I mean, they went in and pushed a team around that was really sensational, who was 9-1 and one in their last 10 in the divisional games. And before last Saturday, or check that last Sunday, Lamar Jackson was 36-8 and eight as a starter. And I believed, at least at that point, to be the favorite to win the MVP. No, the Cincinnati Bengals said, we're not walking in here to, uh, to uh, you know, hail Caesar. We're walking in here to conquer Caesar. Love it that the Cardinals and Packers played Thursday night. The Cardinals were still undefeated after a game against the Texans that was actually competitive. Uh, Arizona, prior to last Thursday, they'd already beaten the Rams, and they faced off against one of the – they faced off Thursday – Aaron Rodgers didn't have Devontae Adams. We talked about this earlier. Sensational win for Green Bay. And uh, Matt LaFleur now 33-7 and after 40 games. The winningest coach after 40 games. His first 40 games in, to, to begin his career, 27-13 and 13 against the spread. There was a really a mixed bag, like a Halloween bag of candy with all the NFL offensive follies last week. Mac Jones, he tosses a swing pass to Kendrick Bourne, who tosses a wobbly pass to Nelson Aguilar for a 25-yard TD. Then right after that, Titans running back Derrick Henry takes a Turek snap and lofts a little short pass to their tight end, Michael Pruitt. Later in the, in the early games, Daniel Jones made a one-handed catch on a throw from receiver Dante Pettis, and he's the... He was the third giant to touch the football on that play. And so the long and the short of it is the NFL looks fun again. They say it's not for, you know, no fun league. I don't know, man. We're seeing a lot of offense. We're seeing a lot of creativity, and not the least of which. I mean, Aaron Rodgers looks like an absolute maestro. The week before, in a random Week 7 game, Rodgers had a fourth and three pass when he rolled right through back across his body as he was falling down for a 17-yard touchdown pass to Devontae Adams. And Adams has been everything as as, as advertised this year. He, he made a catch earlier in the game. He was completely tangled up uh, with a cornerback by the name of Kendall Fuller. Somehow, you know, won the man one-on-one battle. And the truth of the matter is that's a duo, man. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, if Devontae Adams can get back healthy, this is not only going to be a great story developing to see if if uh, check that if uh, Green Bay can get to the Super Bowl, but they're just fun to watch. Okay, they're they're, they're they could theoretically become a historic duo. Derrick Henry, okay, he's a throwback. 
like a Jim Brown. He has an average rushing day by his standards, 86 yards and no rushing touchdowns, but throws a touchdown pass, and the Titans completely beat up the Chiefs. And the Titans' defense, which has not been stellar, I'm going to get to some of their numbers a little bit later. They're averaging, they're giving up 400 yards a game. All right, that's like 25th. They're giving up 4.5 yards per rush. That's 22nd. Their, their defense, they'll be put to the test tomorrow. We'll talk about this with Fez uh, against the Colts. But they stepped up big time last week. They won 27-3. to They kept the Chiefs out of the end zone. All nothing. Three takeaways. And that's how you really make your bones if you're going to be an elite defense. You you force turnovers. And they had four sacks. Danico Autry, Bud Dupree, Harold Landry, Hey, they got a nice little front seven there, and I've always liked Mike Vrabel. He's a he's a Bill Belichick disciple, and he's an excellent coach. Remember, uh, in 2019 in the AFC Championship game, they had Kansas City down 24 to nothing and lost. I think if if, Kansas, if Tennessee can get going and, and play better defense, they're going to be a hell of a they're going to be a hell of a tough out, right? By the way, I, I've been singing the praises of Green Bay's offense and for obviously good reasons i mean when they get into the red zone they're about as automatic as you can be their red zone touchdown percentage is 80 percent this year that's unheard of to give that some perspective and green bay was 13 and 3 last year it was only 55 percent so that's where you make your bones in the red zone and on third down right they don't pay it a punt on third down that's the that's the money down and the red zone is the money zone and green bay has been sensational but their defense also made a red zone stop. Four of them, in fact, last week uh, against Washington. It's newsworthy because this is a fairly remarkable statistic in the sense that the first six games of the season, uh, Green Bay had had zero red zone stops. But in their 24-10 win against Washington last Sunday before the Thursday game against Arizona, they actually had four red zone stops, and those were the only four times that Washington got into the red zone. When you start doing that, playing complimentary football, you're on the short list to go to the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, I know that the Bengals and the Falcons were were both questioned by a lot of smart football people for not drafting offensive line at the top of the draft. Remember, the Bengals could have had Jamar Chase or Panay Sewell, and the Falcons end up drafting Kyle Pitts. Well, when you got offensive talent like that, they're proving you don't pass those guys up, right? Chase... I mentioned this earlier. Jamar Chase had 201 receiving yards against the Ravens, including an 82-yard touchdown pass. He can take the top off of defense. He's scary. Meanwhile, Kyle Pitts for Atlanta. I don't think Atlanta's going anywhere this year, but hey, when you have 163 receiving yards, that's what he had against their, their win against Miami, including a 28-yard touchdown catch while completely matched up man-to-man against Xavier Howard, that put his team in position to, you know, kick the winning field goal last week against Miami. Now, Atlanta's ugly, but great future with Kyle Pitts. One of the, you know, throughout the NFL history, there's been a lot of sensational offensive-minded tight ends. Kyle Pitts might be one of them. By the way, speaking of offense, New England's offensive plan is very much beginning to round into form. Now, I realize it was only against the Jets, but when you put up 54 points against any NFL team, you show what you've got in the potential in your cookie jar, especially with rookie Mac Jones. And the team did spend a lot of money on offense. And here's one example. Hunter Henry scored a TD in his fourth consecutive game. He's the first uh, Patriots tight end to do that since some guy named Rob Gronkowski. By the way, Kyle Duggar's uh, interception is a bit reminiscent of Julian Edelman's. Remember he made that 
catch in Super Bowl 41 or 50, was it 51? I guess it was 51. Incredible catch against the Rams. Um, I, I, I tell you, the, don't don't go to sleep on the Patriots. I'm I believe they can be in play for a wild card. Uh, they they've already dorked three games with with the miss you know the missed field goal and the fumble and you've heard me say it before. By the way, give it up to Raiders coach interim coach Rich Bisaccia without Darren Waller, without Josh Jacobs who had to leave early with a chest industry. John Gruden's gone. Uh, obviously, the team has had a lot of distractions. Back to back, impressive wins. They went into Denver, thumped them, turned them over four times, and then they. They beat a Philadelphia team. That was a classic pros versus Joes game. The pros were on Philly, but the Joes were on the Raiders, and the Raiders prevailed. Now, uh, Dan Campbell, I don't I don't think people should make fun of him anymore. Okay, I, I realize he's the coach of a winless team that rivals the Texans for probably the worst on-paper roster in the NFL. Pulled out all the stops against the Rams. You, you can't tell me you don't like Dan Campbell's style. Despite the results, how they started the game was a, was a reason why this guy, I think, is going to have success in Detroit over time. Some people I know think they're going to win tomorrow. We'll see. But after the you know opening the game with a 63-yard touchdown pass on a catch-and-run by DeAndre Swift, Campbell then comes back with an onside kick and a fake punt. They score again right away. They got a 10-0 lead. And the truth of the matter is the Lions were just so overmatched on paper, it almost wasn't fair. But they, the Lions kept things interesting until the very end of the game, and you have to respect how Dan Campbell opened up the bag of tricks to give his team the best chance because it was, on paper, a complete mismatch. couple things you may never see again in the history of the NFL. we got a 44-year-old quarterback in Tampa Bay who threw his 600th regular season TD pass. Now, in some ways, it was obviously emblematic of Tom Brady, whether he's with the Patriots or the Bucks. Quick strike, third down, slant type of play they used to run in New England. Obviously, you got a big body, Mike Evans, to throw it to. But here's here's some perspective. The next active player with the most touchdowns, Aaron Rodgers, 427. He's 173 touchdown passes behind Tom Brady, and Brady's showing no signs of slowing up. All right. Now there there's good, there's bad, and there's there's ugly. It's not always pretty in the NFL. The Chiefs had a rough day. It goes way beyond the scoreboard. Patrick Mahomes had to be helped to the sideline. He took a knee to the head. I think he's okay now. But let me tell you, the Chiefs' defense, it's not funny. They're allowing 7.1 yards per game, 32 points per game. Their offensive line has not performed well. Mahomes has been greatly affected. As an NFL scout once told me, everybody gets figured out in the NFL. Unfortunately, Zach Wilson, his learning curve is going to be curtailed. He had a knee injury. I understand he had tests this past week, but it looks like he's got a PCL injury, and the Pats already led 17-0 before he left the game. But he got hit more than Rocky Balboa. It's been a rough season. Matt Rule, oh, I think uh, he may not have actually bought in on Sam Darnold. You know, those were his words. Those were his exact words after Carolina lost 25-3 to to the stinking Giants this last week. How about three block field goals in the first hour of Week 7 Sunday action? Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we had 13 missed extra points. The Falcons blocked one by Miami and Green Bay and Washington, each blocked an attempt on each other. So kicking, uh, field, you know, kicking the kicking game in the NFL continues to be a wild card. All right, Justin Fields, really rough day. Turned it over five times last week. The camera showed his face on the sidelines. It's not the kind of face you want to see in a rookie quarterback. After his fifth turnover, which was an interception, the CBS cameras, well, they showed Fields slumped on the bench. And his face, 
I mean, you remember the old, uh, uh, you, you know, this this week in sports, uh, the, the the skier going down the slope, crashing, and that's kind of how Justin Fields' face looks. The agony, defeat, frustration, you know, I mean, <laughs> I, actually, believe it or not, I, I think coaches teach body language and facial, rec- facial system uh, the way you, you know, you don't want to look on TV, but he couldn't help it, and uh, it's going to be a long year for him. But it's going to be a fun week, uh, a fun slate of games tomorrow because there's some interesting matchups and why, while I would not say it's really an epic sort of a head-to-head Titan versus Titan matchup tomorrow uh, with a lot of games, there are a lot of games that have implications on where teams may go, and there are a lot of games with question marks and certainly best bets, and that's why coming up this time every week, we welcome in the Fezzik Five, and that's where we will be going next. We'll be bringing in Steve Fezzik, the only two-time winner of the Hilton Super Contest, and we'll have two full segments of enough NFL information to do delight all of the senses. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted at 99% of the places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studio. Stick and stay. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We're back on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. We will take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. We are just 9 hours, 37 minutes away from NFL Week 8. No better time to bring him in. It's that time of week, folks. A rapid-fire version of what's happening in the NFL tomorrow. We call it the Fezzik Five. The time is now. It's the Fezzik Five. These are the five things you need to hear about. Now, with the only back-to-back Hilton Super Contest winner, Steve Fezzik, here's Bernie Fratto. All right, Fez, we are, we, week eight is upon us, and the first game on the slate here, on your agenda, uh, Tampa Bay visits New Orleans as a short road favorite. Tom Brady returns to the scene of his initial inaugural entree as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Didn't work out so well last year, and I think you kind of like the home team in the points this year. That's right, and it's really not that short of a road favorite. Tampa's laying four and a half. I'll take the Saints plus the four and a half. Saints dominated Tampa in both the regular season games last year, won them both by double digits. And in the playoffs, pretty evenly played game that was decided by a late turnover, or I think the Saints would have won, so they've got playoff revenge. And I fully expect this game's going to come down to the wire. I'll take the four and a half. Best bet, Saints. Interestingly enough, Jameis is 18-10 and 10 against the number when he's a dog of more than three points. Also, for whatever reason, Sean Payton does have the Bucks number. He's beaten them five straight regular season games. Remember, Fez, Tampa Bay got them in the playoffs, but Sean Payton also 18-2 and two against the spread. Lifetime when he's a home dog of more than four points. Quickly, Fez, I know you like... The Saints and the points, do you, do you like them live to possibly win outright? Oh, I certainly think it's a possibility. You can sprinkle a little bit on the money line as well. All right, let's head to Cleveland. Looks like Baker Mayfield will be back in the lineup. You're of the belief this may be a bit of a defensive game. I think it starts out very slow. So first half under 21 because I think that both teams are going to be cautious with the ball. With Big Ben behind center, it's going to be Najee Harris running the ball or dump off to Najee Harris, being careful with it. And Cleveland, the last thing they want is for Baker to get hurt again. And with that great ground-and-pound running game, I see lots of uh, rushes for the Browns to start this game out. 3 nothing at the end of the first quarter and maybe 7-6 to six at the end of the first half. We're going to go first half to go under 21. Pittsburgh has allowed 100-plus yards rushing for the last five games. Hopefully they can then tighten that up tomorrow because uh, I do agree with you. Both teams are run first, but you don't want anybody to break a long one either. Because one of the things you're rock solid at is what we call the look-ahead line. And what that means is Wednesday of every week prior to the Sunday games, there is a look-ahead line for the following week's games. What do we mean by that? So this last Wednesday... Week 9 look-ahead lines are up, and you have locked in and focused on the Rams' Week 9 game as they host Tennessee. Yeah, so the Rams are laying four and a half. They're home, hosting Tennessee. Now, this week, Tennessee, the same team, is at Indianapolis. 
and Tennessee is catching two and a half, might even go to three this week. I ask you, Bernie, how much better are the Rams than the Indianapolis Colts, would you say? Well, I think on a neutral field, they're probably at least four points better. There you go. I agree. And so if the Colts are laying 2.75, which means it's kind of split between two and a half and three, that means the Rams should be laying 6.75, hosting the Titans. They're only laying four and a half. Bargain bet the Rams lay the four and a half, hosting Tennessee week nine. Fez, one of the things you also like to highlight are season wins, the prop bet. And I talked about this last hour. The Minnesota Vikings, save for some self-inflicted wounds and some missed field goals, they'd have two or three more wins than they have right now. You believe, I think, this opens the door for people to fire on Minnesota's current over-under win total in the remainder of the season. Yeah, so the Vikings' season win number is 8.5. They're 3-3. Three and three. So they just have to finish above 500 the rest of the year. You know, to start the year, the Vikings season win number was nine. So it's been adjusted down a little bit. But let's face it, there's a real good chance the Vikings are catching a break this week. Dak Prescott, is he going to play? Well, I tell you this, Bernie. Is that for sure? The, is that for sure, Fez? No, no. But the market, in play, my opinion, ahead. are saying yes. he's likely Correct. not to play. You're right. Be- because the Vikings are laying three right now. And if Dak is out, the Vikings are going to be laying five. If Dak is in, the Vikings are going to be catching two points by my numbers. The fact that it's already Vikings minus three, I think someone knows something that that Dak is unlikely to play. If he doesn't play, I think the Vikings steal an extra win, which makes this over eight and a half bet all the better. No, that's, that's an excellent observation. We'll see what happens uh, nine hours from now. Dak says he's fine, but to your point, the markets have spoken and the indications based on the bets that are coming in are that he's not going to play. I was a sneaking suspicion he might, but who knows? Let's see. Another season win team, uh, the aforementioned Indianapolis Colts. It looks like the Carson Wentz experiment is working. Four straight games with multiple touchdowns and no interceptions. That might bode well for their season win total as well. Yeah, so we're going to go Indy over 8.5, and and those who've been paying attention might remember when the season started, I played the Colts under 10 wins and under 9.5 wins. Well, what's happened since then? Things kind of started as I expected. Quentin Nelson was out, their really gifted lineman, and Carson Wentz was injured and really couldn't play a lick. And Indy started out slowly. I love the fact that I got under 10 and under 9.5, but now it's time to play back and buy low. Indy is clear. Jonathan Taylor looks phenomenal. Wentz looks healthy again. Quentin Nelson is coming back, so they've gotten healthier. And because of that, it's time to play Indy over 8.5. And And they win 9 or 10 games. I will be a very happy man. Yeah, they really impressed me. Last Sunday night on a rainy field in bad conditions. A hothouse team going across country against the 49ers to do that. All right, so Fez likes the Saints plus the points tomorrow, catching 4.5 against the visiting Tampa Bay Bucks, likes the first half under in the Cleveland-Pittsburgh game. The number should be about 21. You take a look at the look-ahead line, the Rams laying four and a half, grab it before it's too expensive. Next week, that line could go to six or more. Season wins, Minnesota over eight and a half, not too late to grab that now. Season wins, Indianapolis over eight and a half, not too late to grab that now, but grab it quick before it changes. Coming up, we're going to continue with Fez and go over the Week 8 NFL slate. And Fez did not give a teaser play this week. He will explain why when we resume. But first, 
Let's go to the man. He's the only man to ever win a Lifetime Achievement Award twice. It's Brian Finley with the latest. Thank you so much, Bernie. I ha- I hope there is another life out there and I'm reincarnated. That would be kind of fun. Uh, as far as Major League Baseball is concerned, we had Game 4 on Saturday. The Braves victorious over the Astros 3-2 to and thanks in large part to the two runs Atlanta scored in the seventh inning. There was the solo shot by Dansby Swanson also from Jorge Soler. Game 5 is later on tonight 8-15 Eastern on Fox Television and going into that contest Swanson talked about his team's mindset. 27 more outs. I think that that's kind of the mentality we need to keep. They have a, obviously have a great ball club over there. You know, a lot of respect for just the ability those guys have over there. So I think we just need to come out, continue to compete, and do what we've done to, to get ourselves into those positions. As far as college football from Saturday, number five Ohio State gets the job done against 20th ranked Penn State, 33 to 24. The Buckeyes made four field goals. 11th ranked Notre Dame rips North Carolina 44 to 34. Kyron Williams, 199 yards rushing and a score. He had nine yards per carry as he was gashing the heels defense. Houston victorious over number 19 SMU 44 to 37. Marcus Jones over a minute to go in this game had the kickoff return and he took it all the way back for a touchdown. A sensational finish for the Cougs as they get the job done. 15th ranked Oklahoma State overwhelming Kansas 55 to 3. Mississippi State stepping on 12th ranked Kentucky 31 to 17. Bulldogs quarterback Will Rogers completed 36 of 39 passes. I think that's 92% as far as a completion percentage. It didn't help that the Wildcats also turned the ball over four times. A win for number 25 BYU as they withstand Virginia 66 to 49. How about Cougars ball carrier Tyler Allgaier? Five rushing touchdowns. Number 21 San Diego State picks up their first loss of the season 30 to 20 as Fresno State gets the job done and Bulldogs running back Jordan Mims running all over the place. 29 carries, 186 yards and two scores. And then finally, 18th ranked Auburn at home gets the victory against 10th ranked Ole Miss 31 to 20. Bo Nix known for turning the ball over but he turned it on in this game for the Tigers. He was responsible for three touchdowns. With that we work the microphone and the bounce pass back to Bernie Fratto who's running things in Vegas. All right thanks Brian appreciate it. All right we resume with Steve Fezzik the only two-time winner of the Hilton contest did it back-to-back also won the South Point contest and I will recap the Fezzik 5 in just a minute but Fez as we continue typically you'll give at least one teaser play every week this week you elected to pass your thoughts yeah so to have the advantage against the house and this is controversial but sorry I'm right and all you guys are wrong you have to tease through three to seven that corridor these are called Wong teasers and the math only supports them if you get through that corridor so example you can take an eight-point favorite and lay two you could take a two-point dog and catch plus eight guess what Bernie none of those qualify Mercury's in retrograde the Virginia football team just gave up more points than their basketball team's probably going to give up all in their first six games and there are no teasers to be played this week eight All right. Interesting, Fez. That's uh, good advice because the idea is to make good decisions with your money, and sometimes it's a good decision to not make a certain play. 
One subject I want you to touch upon, which I think is very heady. Oftentimes, you will look at the final result of a game, and even though you may have gotten a cover or even though you may not have gotten a cover, something can result in what's called a false final. Talk to folks about what that means and how you learn from that as you head into the next week's games. Sure. So a false final is just one where the scoreboard doesn't accurately describe what really happened during the course of the game last week. Uh, by example, Green Bay beat Washington by 14, but um, a big part of that was just luck. Specifically, uh, Heineke, instead of just scoring, gave himself up on the apparently by the refs by diving forward on the one-inch one line, and Washington was deprived seven points there. They turned it over two other times in the red zone. The stats actually favored the Washington football team. So before we go ahead and reserve our Green Bay Super Bowl tickets, yes, they're playing really well, played great against Arizona, but that Washington game was most certainly a phony final. Yeah, and I'll tell you, the way that Arizona game ended as well, looks like Green Bay's got a little horseshoe, but they're good. They're good, too. All right, Fez, I've always had a saying, you don't make, you don't get rich laying points on the road, and you don't get rich laying double digits. Cincinnati's going to do both tomorrow, but the Jets are so hapless, and they're starting Mike White at quarterback, averaging only 13 points per game this season. Meanwhile, the Bengals look sensational with this Joel Burrow-Jamar Chase connection. Can you make a case for laying the wood tomorrow with Cincinnati? Not at all. I could only look towards the Jets. This is kind of like a 25-25 game, Bernie. What do I mean by that? One team last week covered by 25. That was the Bengals beating up on Baltimore as an underdog. And one team failed to cover by 25-plus. That was the Jets giving up a zillion against a very angry Bill Belichick. But... um, Whenever you have a situation like that, you get a fat and happy, overconfident team against a team called out by the media. Let's face it. Hey, it, it, the Jets didn't ever have a competent quarterback anyways, and now they've got a backup quarterback that's been in their system for two years. I only made it a one-point downgrade at quarterback. This line has moved dramatically from last week. Jets have value catching 11. No, I think you're right. It's Jets or nobody, although I have full, full disclosure. I'm not grabbing the points, but there's no way in hell I'm laying the meter. Speaking of another road favorite, Philadelphia, three and a half at Detroit. Fez history teaches us the teams who start 0-7, which the Lions are, are 63% against the number in Week 8. The Legals were a lousy road team last week here in Las Vegas. Your thoughts tomorrow as they head into Detroit. I'll lean to the Lions. I like they check all my boxes in terms of a really bad team that tries super hard each and every week. And let's face it, the Lions are not going winless. Their season win number right now is two. Well, where are their two wins? Well, this game and maybe hosting the Bears. So um, it would not surprise me if the Lions win outright. Feds, let's head out west. Los Angeles Chargers host New England. What do you show the current number at? Last I saw was Chargers laying five and a half. Yep, down to four and a half. People are backing the underdog here, and the feeling is that the Patriots, yes, they've had five home games, but they've been very unfortunate in their three and four record. Uh, Specifically, they should have beaten Miami week one when they fumbled, and they certainly have shown coping ability, being able to hang right there with elite teams like Tampa Bay. Given that, given the limited home field for the Chargers, I expect a close game. Uh, interesting. Uh, you're right. By the way, the uh, week one 
fumble cost New England a victory. So did the field goal hitting the post against Tampa Bay. They take Dallas to overtime. They're they're a hair away from you know they're three and four. They could easily be uh, you know five and two, maybe six and one. Belichick twenty eight and fourteen against the number as an underdog. Twenty three and twenty one straight up. Another game out west, Jacksonville after their London win. They've had a couple weeks to celebrate. Now they head to Seattle. Seattle a short favorite. Pete Carroll has only lost four in a row. He's lost three in a row heading into tomorrow, Fez. He's only lost four in a row once in his career. In that fourth game, he's 6-1 and one straight up and against the spread. Seems like a very short number to lay the Jacksonville Jaguars. Your thoughts? I'm going to go ahead and look at a prop in this game. So Trevor Lawrence, and I apologize, I didn't look up the number, but I believe he's in the low 20s in terms of his rush yards, and he's been running much more of late. And because of that, I expect that Jacksonville, off of a win, feeling happy about themselves. Maybe they come up a little bit flat, but I do think Lawrence is going to keep running all year long. I'd look at Lawrence rush yards over. Fez, did you know, by the way, uh, Trevor Lawrence has a – 90 plus QB rating three weeks in a row and for a first round rookie quarterback no one's done that since 1970 so he might have a have an interesting uh, a game tomorrow Fest talk about the Pittsburgh Cleveland game looks like Baker Mayfield is back I know you like the first half under do you have a side in this game you know I would lean to the Browns just because I think that Pittsburgh is the – we, the wheels are finally going to come off. We all know Tomlin has a non-losing record each and every year, but it really seems like the Steelers are up against it this year, especially as good as the division is. And let's face it, the Browns at 4-3, and three, yes, they played that bad game against Denver, but the ground game still clicked. And here's a team that was supposed to win 11 games this year. I can't see them losing at home against the Steelers here. Fez, uh, another team laying a boatload of points, and it's a divisional game. Buffalo laying 13.5 against the visiting uh, Miami Dolphins. Now, Buffalo had a bye week, and they crushed the Dolphins 35 to nothing, week two in Miami. Do you have any thoughts on this game? So it's up to 14, Bernie, and I don't want to bet the Dolphins. I really don't. They, lo- they lose 35 nothing. obviously, when these teams first played. Just an ugly game all the way around. But Tua's playing better, and you know what? If somebody gives me a 14 and a half, that's my buy price. I'm waiting. It's almost like um, yeah, Black Friday for Thanksgiving when you've got a certain price you're willing to pay for something. I want 14 and a half, and I'll, I'm willing to buy the Dolphins. The Rams, another huge double-digit favorite on the road at the Texans. Rams, double-digit favorites for the second week. The Lions hung the number last week. This week they go to Houston, who appears to be hapless. But believe it or not, Matt Stafford, only 14-29 and 29 against the spread when he's coming off back-to-back wins. Your thoughts on that game? I'm trying to think how many back-to-back wins Stafford has had in his career. So it can't yeah, be that big exactly. of a sample, right? Well, 43. Um, 43. Oh, is that right? Okay. Um, the uh, you know the Rams when it was fourteen and a half, I was actually looking a little bit at the Rams because I don't believe in Mills at all. But you know when you look at the Texans, they've been absolutely atrocious on the road. Maybe they have some more success. Maybe the Rams take it a little lightly. This one, I said I want fourteen and a half on Miami. This line's sixteen and a half, Bernie. I'm going to pass sixteen and a half. If it hits seventeen, I'll probably donate my money and bet the Texans. <laughs> all right, final game. Let's flip to Monday night, Fez. The Chiefs, 10-point favorites against the New York Giants. The Chiefs continue to 
Leia Price, even though they're only 3-15 and 15 against the number in their last 18, and we've observed not only their 17 turnovers are number one in the NFC, this is a defense allowing 7.1 yards per play and 32 points per game, 29 versus the run, 31st overall. Can you make any case whatsoever to back the Chiefs here? Oh, absolutely. They got the very best quarterback in the NFL in Mahomes. Does anyone dispute that? Bernie, would you disagree? Yeah, I do. He used to be, but he's not now. That, he's now been figured out. If, if I bet you, you could take any other quarterback, I will bet you Mahomes has a better either quarterback rating or QBR the rest of the year. Not the cumulative, but from week eight forward, would you take a quarterback against him? Yeah, there are two or three, but that's a conversation for a different I would. Absolutely, I would. We have a dinner bet that on that. Bottom line is I have the Chiefs a slightly above average team. I got them two points better than average still. Call me crazy. I have the Giants six points or worse. The difference between that is eight. I'm making the sausage here, Bernie. So I got Kansas City eight points better, two points for home field. That makes the line ten. That's what the line is. I have to pass. Believe it or not, KC is only two and five against the number. It is a double digit. I, I don't know. And, and it, 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 they've got Green Bay next week. I'm, I'm not going to touch the game because you figure they're going to take it out on somebody one of these days. But just because they've got Chiefs uniforms, says they're not really the Chiefs right now. But listen, we got a full slate to tackle tomorrow before we get to Monday night. Fez, always great stuff. We appreciate it. And uh, good luck later today. Detroit Swift, running back for Detroit, over four and a half receptions. Got to lay minus 155. Prop bet, best bet. By the way, the Lions get gun to your head. Did the Lions get their first win tomorrow? Yes. All right. Good stuff, Fez. Appreciate it. He is Steve Fezzik, the only two-time winner of the Hilton Contest. Also won. He did it back-to-back. Also won the South Point Contest as well. The podcast will be up right after the show. We'll take you through to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern, and you can sample the Fezzik 5. Maybe I'll revisit it later. I'll tell you what, I'll revisit it, uh, who the Fezzik 5 was, his five best bets for tomorrow, and some of them involve prop bets for the remainder of the season. We'll do that here coming up in just a second. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted at 99% of the places in the U.S. to take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes, 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. I'm Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Keep it locked. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday and Fox and Fan Washington. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. We're back on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. We will take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. We're just getting started. Got a lot of ground to cover as we head into week eight of the NFL, which kicks off here in nine hours and nine minutes. A couple quickies you might want to note. NFL road dogs that are getting less than seven points on the road this year. That's Department of Redundancy Department. Yeah, road dog would be getting points on the road. There's there are thirty and twelve against the number this year. That's seventy one percent cover rate. And they're covering by an average margin of six points. We've already had one example Thursday night. The Packers were catching points against the Cardinals. They fell into that trap or they fell into that category. They not only cover, they get the outright win. You've got the same situation with the Washington football team tomorrow against Denver. 
The Patriots catching five. Fez now said they're down to four and a half against the Chargers. The Jaguars catching four. They were they're now actually getting three against the Seahawks. The Panthers plus two and a half against Atlanta. And then the Steelers plus three and a half against Cleveland. If you followed all that, all I can tell you is what's happened at this point in the season. Teams that fall into that category are thirty and twelve against the number. And that's teams who are catching less than seven points on the road this year. Okay, we just finished up with the Fezzik Five. Let me recap it quickly. These are the five plays Fezzik likes. He likes the Saints getting four and a half tomorrow at home against the visiting Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He thinks they're even live to win the game. Feels that Cleveland-Pittsburgh will start very slow. A lot of running. Could be weather issues. First half under is 21. Fez likes the under in the first half. Cleveland-Pittsburgh tomorrow. We've got a look-ahead game to week nine. Remember, every Wednesday, you shop at the right book. Certainly the Westgate, you have what are called look-ahead lines for week nine uh, that that have been there since last Wednesday. Right now, you could get the Rams at minus four and a half. But as we get closer to next Sunday when they host Tennessee, we expect that line to go near six, maybe beyond. So you get the... The Rams at a better uh, price right now. The fourth game, the Fez likes. Now, this is a season total Minnesota over 8.5. Fez also likes the over of Indianapolis 8.5, meaning he likes both those teams to go over their season total of winning more than 8.5 games. We're going to switch gears from football. We're going to talk about Major League Baseball. It's been a glorious season. Could we be headed for another strike like we had in 1994? I will explain. This is Bernie Fratto. Keep it locked. This is Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Fox Sports Sunday Train rolls on. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. We will take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific. 6 a.m. Eastern, long ways to go. We are eight hours and 59 minutes from kickoff NFL Week 8. We're going to get back into some NFL stuff in a little bit. But there was some news coming out of Major League Baseball this week, and it's a headline that's too uh, broad-based and too eye-catching to ignore. And the headline read, Major League Baseball, quote, almost certain to have first work stoppage in 26 years. All right. If you recall back in May 2020, the two sides were put, they, they put their heads together, made a rock pile, and tried to figure out how they could settle upon a shortened season so that 2020 wouldn't be a complete loss amidst the COVID issues. They never came to an agreement. Rob Manfred, the commissioner, exercised his authority, and they settled on a 60-game season. You remember what happened. Now, I was on a lot of radio shows back then, and I was doing this show, and one of the reasons I was able to put my two cents in is because uh, I began in radio in the summer of 94, and I covered extensively the 94 strike that ended up canceling the World Series. And I know everybody, even if you weren't alive or even if you don't remember it or you were too young or didn't pay attention, you know that it took place. And both sides right now are reportedly not very optimistic that a new CBA can be agreed upon before this current one expires, which is December 1st. And I has, I said last May that watch what happens heading into the fall of 2021 when the CBA expires, and it's because the same elements that existed in 1994, the same contempt, the same contentious language between the two parties, the owners and the union, exist now. And it's very simple. The players' union has observed that there's a dwindling share of league revenues and they want to push back. This is exactly what happened in 1994. Essentially, the owners wanted a salary cap and the players said, not no, hell no, that'll never happen. And believe me, they were serious. And the Major League Baseball Players' Union is the strongest of the four leagues by a mile. They canceled the World Series. They went on strike August 11th, 1994. They didn't return till almost May of 95. And there was a lot of damage. But since then, they've enjoyed, frankly, quite a bit of labor peace. It's, it's been fairly unprecedented since the very first CBA was hammered out in the late 60s. Now, again, I'm going to repeat myself because it bears repeating. The same elements exist now in a slightly different way that existed in 94 because the, the owners have essentially manipulated the current uh, luxury tax as a de facto salary cap. So there are about five or six or seven key bullet points surrounding Major League Baseball and a potential work stoppage. And I want to take you behind the curtain because this has been a glorious baseball season. We're wrapping up the World Series now. But baseball is enjoying a bit of a renaissance. 
TV ratings are good. Revenues are good. Fans are watching. You might, you know, we're not going to have a repeat champion. So other teams are jumping in there. You hear the term CBA. What the hell is a CBA? Right? People don't know what that, not everybody knows what that means, which of course it stands for collective bargaining agreement, but it's basically the negotiated agreement, the, the negotiated agreement between players and owners. And that's this agreement. It, it governs all the working relationship between the two parties. And it covers, I mean, everything from the meal allowances that players get to travel protocols, to minimum salaries, to the structure of free agency, which is very important because that caused a strike. Well, I think back in 91, it was almost a short one. Uh, revenue sharing, roster sizes, just about everything, right? And typically a CBA covers about five years and so did this one. This last CBA was ratified in December of 2016, and it expires December 1st of this year. Now, you didn't hear about it in 2016 because everybody was getting along. They just, I mean, there wasn't a lot to, to argue about. But the truth of the matter is, if you go back to the 60s, and Marvin Miller, who was the pioneering head of the Players Association, a brilliant man, and they finally put him in the Hall of Fame, this was an incredible gentleman. If you get a minute, Google him because he he's one of the most impactful people in the history of sports. It was Miller who, who had these incredible organizing skills. He had a lot of foresight. He'd been a union negotiator. It allowed him to f help formulate the Players Association into a very effective union. And actually, he really kind of defied the odds. He defied the owners. And during his tenure, every CBA negotiation has been a real war between what you would consider two very powerful entities, the players' union and then, of course, the the owners. And, uh, I mean, there have been labor stoppages before. There have been a lot of them. In 72, the players, they went, they went on strike over pensions. Now, it only lasted about two weeks. In 73, just one year later, later the owners locked the players out during spring training over salary arbitration. These are, these are things you take for granted now, but it took a lot of battles and wars and negotiations to get through this. And by the way, um, I'm not predicting this, but there's so much contentiousness between the players and owners. There's talk that the owners could lock off the players, which means if that happens after December 1st, everything grinds to a halt, free agent signings and everything. Now, in 76, 1976, the owners also locked the players out during spring training because free agency was just starting to evolve. You may remember the early free agents like Cash Fitch Hunter and Reggie Jackson. 1980. Now, look, I mean, there's four work stoppages in eight years. The players actually went on strike during spring training because they didn't like the structure of free agency. And I'm not going to get too granular into that, but, you know, there are certain criterion before you can become a free agent or file free agency. 81 was when it really got ugly. If you recall, the players went on strike in June, lasted 60 days, two months. They resumed. They had the split season that year in 1981. Dodgers beat the Yankees in the World Series, but teams like the Cincinnati Reds and St. Louis Cardinals, they had two of the best records, didn't qualify for the playoffs because it was a split season. That was a mess. Again, just four years later, and again, this strike only lasted for a few days, a couple days. They went on strike in 85 over pension fund and salary arbitration, so these things were still being hammered out. 1990, I remember this very well during spring training, the owner lockout over salary arbitration and free agency, and all it did was push back opening day a couple weeks. 
There are seven work stoppages there between 72 and 1990. It's 18 years. Well, 26 years, we haven't had one. But 1994, the players struck, canceled the World Series because the owners wanted to implement a salary cap. The entirety of the 1994 postseason was canceled. In the 1995 season, which was very much abbreviated, they finally resumed play only after a federal judge reinstated the terms of the previous CBA. So as you may, you know, you may be getting the picture here. Even though there's been a long run of labor peace, don't take it for granted. Because there were eight work stoppages between 72 and 94, and I think this is going to get ugly. So what are the issues? Now, there is there is a list of issues uh, but the really, let's just go right to the elephant of the room. Priority one is going to be increasing the player's share of the money the league takes in. And that's not going to be easily accomplished because teams, are, they, they, they rely on, on, you know, younger talent and cost-controlled talent. But the truth of the matter is uh, it's depressing wages at the top end. And what the, what the players have realized is that even though revenues in baseball are going up, the the players' salaries are not moving along in kind. And that was even discussed uh, in, in passing last May uh, when the players and owners were trying to hammer out some sort of semblance of organization as to how to, you know, prosecute a, 19, a 2020 COVID baseball season. They finally, they finally did it. But I remember saying to myself, if you thought those negotiations were contentious, maybe you'd see Jeff passing on TV giving updates, and they were hoping to get started by July 4th, and it was going to be glorious. Well, that didn't happen, and it didn't start till the end of July, and everybody thought baseball missed a huge window. That's how angry those guys are at each other. And so one of the issues now is that the players also question – they have a lot of concerns about how revenues are even calculated. So by the time you get to percentages of revenues and how much of that ends up in the players' salaries and pockets, there are arguments about how they're calculated. So let's cut to the chase here. What happens if the players and the North can't reach an agreement? We're looking at a labor stoppage. An owner lockout is very possible once this current agreement expires. So keep an eye on your calendar because once December 1st rolls around, and you'll start to see it on the various sports shows, you'll know the owners could lock out the players at the start of spring training or the player could stage a walk out of their own. All I'm knowing is I think it's really going to get ugly. We'll see, okay? Maybe cooler heads prevail, but they never have in the past, all right? And the truth of the matter is I told you that, you know, the December 1st, 2016 CBA was negotiated pretty much in anonymity, but the players and owners really didn't even reach a preliminary agreement until the day before the deadline. And there weren't any really major issues there. And believe it or not, we were hours, you know, within hours of a lockout then too, but the two sides were able to sort of reach an agreement on a variety of matters and it came down to the wire, but... Again, when they start pumping, their, beating their chests and looking at each other and giving the tough guy stare, a labor stoppage is always going to be very much in play because that's the only thing that seems to get these, you know, um, settled. So the question is, if you've had 18 months to, you know, really sort of navigate through this, haven't the owners made at least a solid offer or what someone would be considering a solid offer? And the answer is no. The owners have made some initial some initial economic proposals and when they were you know they had some meetings during august with the players association but according to the players quote it was not a compelling offer and so 
Uh, one of the things that uh, the players wanted was to lower the luxury tax threshold to $180 million. And, you know, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to go give a bunch of numbers on the radio that, that make it hard to follow. The truth of the matter is, is that um, a lot of things have been proposed and talked about and how to divide up this, this billion-dollar pool and would the players become eligible for free agency at the age of 29 and a half, even if they don't have five, five years in the league. And then, then, you know, do you make, do you put a cap on arbitration salaries? And the, the players are just unlikely to agree any, on anything. They're, they're unlikely to agree on anything that's going to curtail salaries. And that's what the owners have basically been doing. Now, here's something to watch. I think over the next 30, 60, 90 days, you're going to see a lot of leaks to the press during the process. And what happens is the owner's side almost certainly starts to leak these things to the press, and and it's been their approach forever. And the owners seek to gin up support among the fans. They want to paint the players as greedy, and they want to get the media on their side. And these are sort of calculating, they're very self-serving maneuvers. And the union, they don't really waste their time in this kind of thing. They do their negotiating from from behind closed doors. Uh, the good news is is that they are at least having face-to-face talks and that you know that's the only sensible takeaway at this point so i guess the question is which side really has the hammer which side is in a stronger bargaining position right now right now i hate to say it, it's probably the owners because the union has already used many leverage points and um they've talked about things like an international draft and expanded playoffs and then if the owners agree to expand their playoffs, there's going to be a sub-negotiation about how those additional revenues are split. And I would say the MLBPA, uh, they are, they're going to be a little bit more aggressive this time. They're going to be a little bit more headstrong this time. But I, I know it's a dirty word, right? And it's a dirty, uh, what is it, a seven-letter word? or a six, uh, It's a seven-letter word. The word is strike. I am telling you, the players, if they believe they have to, and they believe it's necessary, not, not what you and I think they should do, or we'll think cooler heads to prevail. Oh, come on, they didn't learn their lesson last time. They learned their lesson. No. I am telling you, if the players see this as a necessary path for them to get what they want, they will strike. But at the same time, the owners, well, their shorts aren't clean in this whole scenario either. The truth of the matter is, if you're a betting man, and I am, if there is a legitimate work stoppage, which means there's either a lockout or a strike, the likelihood is that there would be a lockout more than a strike. I think that the, 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 there would be a higher percentage that the owners would lock the players out rather than the players go on strike. But I think it's not only a possibility, it's a probability. Now, what does that mean? Well, maybe spring training doesn't start on time. But then cooler heads prevail, and they manage to somehow get the season starting on time. But they'd have to negotiate quick. Maybe the regular season doesn't start on time, and there's a shortened season like there was in 1995 or 1991. This has happened before. Uh, What I hope doesn't happen is that they start the season and stop in the middle, because what will happen is the players' union will continue to meet, and they they will say to themselves, they'll set a date. May 27th, 1994, is a day that will live in infamy in Major League Baseball because that's the day that the players' union agreed to set a strike date 
And they did. They set the date for August 11th, 1994. So you had the last few days in May, all of June, all of July, and the first 10 days of August to get it done. They didn't get it done. The sides were further apart, and you remember what happened next. The World Series in 1994 was canceled. Spring training didn't start on time. There was talk of replacement players. There were replacement players playing in replacement games in spring training. It was about to be a huge mess, and at the end, cooler heads prevailed, and they came up with an agreement, and the players got their way. There was no salary cap. Stay tuned. We might not be so lucky this time. I think we're headed for a work stoppage. We're going to bring in the crew. We've got some good baseball fans. They're all out in L.A. Uh, Some are Dodger fans. Some aren't. Some are Padre fans. But we're all baseball fans in Southern California. And I certainly am here in Las Vegas. And baseball has been a big part of my life. I hope there's no stoppage. But hope is not a strategy. We're going to chop it up with the crew when we come back. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Don't go away. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We're back on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. Yes, we will take you 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. We're... NFL Week 8 is upon us, but we're talking Major League Baseball. We're finishing up, a, I think, a glorious season, a lot of excitement, and uh, looking to see if the Atlanta Braves can finish the deal. But I referenced 94, the last work stoppage when the World Series was actually canceled. Uh, there have been eight work stoppages since 1972. Seven of them were between 72 and 90, but they kind of figured this out. But I think we're heading to a work stoppage again because there's a lot of 
contentiousness and a lot of contempt between the players and owners. And uh, the the players are concerned they're not getting the percentage of revenue that they once got before. So let's bring in the crew. Uh, Brian Finley, uh, what level of awareness did you have of the 94 strike? And have you heard the rumblings that are happening right now? And how would you feel if uh, spring training rolled around and, and, you know, there was a work stoppage? Bernie, I think it would be heartbreaking if that were to happen, considering what we went through emotionally as fans in 2020 when it felt like forever until Major League Baseball was going to get on the field. If you go back to 1994, I think I was like five years old. So I don't remember everything verbatim, but it would just be a disaster devastating if we have something like that considering where the status of baseball right now is in connecting with younger fans i thought when the nhl i don't know how this long ago this was bernie when they had their their own lockout that they pushed away and dissuaded a lot of fans and they've maybe slowly worked them back into the fold here but i think you're already trying to bring in fans you push more away if you get into a lockout situation more damage could be done and i just hope that that doesn't happen okay so you bring up a good point uh brian because you remember like yesterday may and june and into july of last year during covid when they were merely having conversations and discussions about how to structure a shortened season that wasn't even a negotiation that was a picnic compared Mm -hmm. to what these contentious negotiations could look like you mentioned pushing away fans would they push you away if it would take it's sort of like i i feel like they wouldn't it wouldn't be easy for me to run right back to them. It's like it's like a breakup, and if things don't go well in a relationship, you got to win the person back. You got to woo them. Maybe you throw them flowers. You know, from a, a metaphorical perspective. But it's not going to just be, hey, sorry, I I, I let right. you down, and now come right back into my arms. It's just going to be a lot harder, especially considering where the ratings are yes. and, and how they. Bernie, what do you think about this? As far as a, a time clock. Or like a a pitch clock to to try to shorten the game. I know they've talked about that. I wonder if that would do anything to entice more fans to keep attentive. Well, to games. I, there's not an issue. People are coming through the turnstiles, and the revenues are good, and people are watching on TV. Yeah. The issue here is if the players and the owners, and they've never shown in the past the cooler heads prevail. I think we're heading towards one of those loggerheads because I'm telling you, I cover the 94 strike and these same elements exist now. Mm-hmm. Chris Perfett, your thoughts on this whole matter? Yeah, I, I don't – I think cooler heads will prevail on this regard, but if we do head towards a stoppage, I see it probably initiated by the owners more than the players, if only because I know owners usually try to use a lockout and then it, it's worked before in the NFL or in other leagues where they've they've locked out the players and they've spun that to say, well, the players are to blame. That said, though, I, I would still side with the players on a lot of this. I remember there was a couple off-seasons ago where, you know, you talk about a salary, uh, a salary cap, but a couple off-seasons ago, teams just weren't spending on yeah, free yes, agents. Yes, you're right. They were po- and so, like, players see them, and they've, they've seen the be at the sale of BAM Tech, Baseball Advanced Media, which made a lot of teams very rich very, very quickly and set the stage for other leagues to get streaming technology into their hands from MLB TV, which was the forerunner for a lot of this, they were pocketing a lot of the money and they just weren't spending it. And that is a, that's a complete, that right there is a complete dereliction of the idea that owners are supposed to spend to win. 
And that's the whole basis of the of the professional sport. And if they're not doing that, then and now you want to come to us and talk about a salary cap that feels insulting in a lot of ways. I don't know how fans will take it. I I think for older for older fans they'll take it negatively, but I think there's also Bernie in this country a younger generation that is a lot more sympathetic to labor labor stoppage and labor strikes and 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 fighting for what you believe you are you are worth even if that magnitude happens to be in millions of dollars in the case of baseball players. First of all, I mean this is very complicated. We talk about the revenues that come into the game. And it's not just ticket sales, parking concessions, and all that. There's the media contracts that cover game, uh, that cover games, and players argue that uh, all these accompanying revenue streams that owners get wouldn't even exist if the players didn't play games on the field. So they are not only going to hag be haggling over what percentage the players get, but what revenues even are. And since Major League Baseball teams are not publicly traded entities, they're not going to open up their books. Ricky Herrera. You had a very interesting take a couple of weeks ago on Kyrie Irving. What's your take on whether or not there could be a baseball strike, your awareness of it, and how it would affect you? 1994, I was uh, a little kid, so I don't remember much of that. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. None of us were alive for World War II, but we know what happened. You know what happened at Pearl Harbor and how it affected the future course of America and history could continue. (laughs) <laughs> no, so uh, last season, piggybacking off of Brian, that was uh, very def- uh, deflating. I felt like they, you know, barely got that uh, done at one point. And then, in terms of this year, I-, I do think they're going to get it done. I'm I'm looking forward to some of the negotiations because I would like to see a universal DH. And uh, baseball is my favorite sport. So, and one of the cool things about baseball is that that I love about it is 162 games. So if we get a 120-game season or 110-game season, that would that would not be good as a, as a fan. Yeah, no, none of this would be good. So this is tip of the iceberg here, guys. The CBA doesn't even expire till December 1st. So, But I don't think I'm getting ahead of myself. I do think it's going to get ugly. Maybe I'm wrong. But we're going to continue to watch this and cover it because as we – Get into January with the CBA expired and uh, a new one not negotiated, which I, that's what I fully expect as we get closer to spring training. It's going to be a talking point, particularly after the Super Bowl. Watch, you'll see. All right, coming up, I'm going to defend Tua Tagovailoa. I'm tired of people bashing him. And we've got a rousing edition of What My Name. But first... Let's go to the man, very thoughtful man. He always reminds me that actually bowlers are the best athletes because they can drink a beer, eat a hot dog, and smoke a cigarette while performing their sport, and it doesn't affect their performance. <laughs> and oh, by the way, when they strike, it's a good thing. Brian Finley with the latest. Thank you so much, Bernie. I wonder if they're using bumpers because it's amazing how much better my score is. I don't know, but do, Bernie, do you use bumpers for, for when you bowl? I'm too drunk to remember. <laughs> okay, yes. Well, we were talking a lot about baseball, and let's start there. World Series Game 4 happened on Saturday, and the Braves, after being down 2 nothing in this game, they rally off three straight runs, including two in the seventh inning. Two were solo shots there. Jorge Soler, the pinch hit 
slam or yeah, homer that is, excuse me, was the difference to break a 2-2 tie, make it 3-2, and now Atlanta leads the series three games to one with game five happening later tonight at 8-15 Eastern on Fox Television. Oh, by the way, Houston's Alex Bregman, 0 for 5 from the dish and two strikeouts. It's amazing when you don't have help when it comes to figuring out what pitch is coming. As far as college football is concerned, number five, Ohio State pulverizing 20th ranked Penn State, 33 Three to 24. The Buckeyes continue to make field goals in this one. They need four to be exact. Fresno State picks up a win after they get the job done against number 21 San Diego State 30 to 20 and the Aztecs have dropped their first game of the season. 25th ranked BYU at last at last outlasting Virginia 66 to 49 Cougars Tyler Algeyer had five rushing touchdowns a win for number 11 Notre Dame victorious over North Carolina 44 to 34 Kyron Williams almost 200 yards rushing he also had a score on the ground there was the Marcus Jones kickoff return for a touchdown with under minutes ago in the fourth quarter that vaulted Houston to the upset victory over number 19 SMU 44 to 37 15th ranked Oklahoma State State swatting Kansas 55 to 3. Mississippi State comes away with the victory over 12th ranked Kentucky 31 to 7. The Wildcats had four turnovers. 18th ranked Auburn forcing turnovers against 10th ranked Auburn Ole Miss 31 to 20. The final score the Tigers victorious. Bo Nix coming up with three touchdowns that he accounted for and the Rebs dropped to 6 and 2 on the season. And finally, Kenneth Walker III. A transfer from Wake Forest doing it big time for number eight Michigan State had five rushing touchdowns in a Spartan 37 to 33 win over Jim Harbaugh's sixth ranked Michigan Wolverines. Speaking of Wake Forest, Bernie, I know you were talking about this earlier. They are undefeated. It'll be interesting to see if they can hang on and if they do, how that might affect their placement in a potential college football playoff scenario. But we're, we got time before that happens. Right now, we have time for Bernie Fratto as we send it back to our man from Vegas. Well, thanks, Brian. It's going to come down to Michigan State beating Ohio State at home and Penn State on the road. And if they can do that. All right. Coming up, I'm going to defend a gentleman uh, who uh, his name is Tua Tagovailoa. And I'm going to draw a fair comparison to how he's done uh, compared to other guys just starting out because I think the group think Echo Chamber has gone too far in bashing this young man. And I'm going to defend him. But I'll tell you what, it is that time with the show. You know what? And this is a situation where uh, this is the dance sensation sweep of the nation. We call it What My Name. Chris, hit that button. All right. <laughs> Threw me a curveball there. Wrong That's all right. It's all good. All good. So what we do is I craft a scenario involving an individual and the crew takes their chance. Each have five seconds to guess the name of the individual I'm referring to. All right. I'm a current manager, a popular one in major league baseball, but I once spent the night partying with Jimi Hendrix. What my name, Chris, what my name? I'm going to go dusty Baker. Oh, bingo. Winner, winner. Nicely done. Nicely done. This feels like he's the uh, man of the hour right now. So yeah. Well, I guess it stands to reason. Dusty's in his 70s, and you know, couldn't exactly have been a guy in his 30s. All right, good guess anyway. All right, we had a situation tonight where uh, Zach Greinke, who was pitching for the Houston Astros, got a hit singled up the middle. 
However, there was a pitcher. It's been five years since a pitcher. That's a little bit of a clue. Got a hit in a World Series game. So before Zach Greinke got his hit tonight as a starting pitcher for the Houston Astros, I'm the last pitcher to get a hit in a World Series game. What my name? Brian Finley, what my name? <laughs> Good to take a wild guess here, Bernie. Hideo Nomo. I am sorry. The judges will not allow it. All right. I'm the last pitcher at, since well, Zach Granke got his hit tonight. I'm the last pitcher to get hit in World Series. Ricky Herrero. What my name? Clayton Kershaw. Close, but no cigar. Now, remember, it's five years ago, so that'd be 2016. The Dodgers were not in the series in 2016. But, Ricky, you get the home version of the game. Nicely done. Help yourself to a year's supply of Escobar pie. All right. I'm the last pitcher to get a hit in the World Series before Zach Granke did it tonight. Chris Perfett, what my name? Uh, I'm going to take the wild stab, Justin Verlander. I'm he wasn't sorry. Even in that remember, well, remember the uh, 2016 series featured uh, the Cleveland Indians and the Chicago Cubs. Cubs won it all. It was Corey Kluber. Corey Kluber. But excellent job, guys. This is not an easy game to play. This is one of the most difficult things you'll ever have to endure in your life. So go forward with great confidence. As should Tua Tagovailoa. You know we're in a fickle world. The Chicago Bears are convincing about their playoffs. Their their quarterback situation by the way they were, yeah they were in the playoffs last year had a guy named mitch trubisky one of six quarterbacks three straight winning seasons he was 29 and 21 as a starter 25 and 13 the last three years 64 percent completion 64 touchdown passes and 37 interceptions and they made the playoffs that wasn't good enough be careful what you wish for all right let's talk about two look i'm not big on group think echo chamber commentary and i ignore it a lot this is one young man who I happen to like a lot. I think he's fallen prey to a lot of inflammatory comments about his relative performance. I want to set the record straight on how Tua has done when you analyze him with a little bit more subjectivity. And the only way to do that is to compare Tua's rookie season with other first-year quarterbacks in this century that have gone on to do good things. Now, Tua, I'm not going to talk about this season yet. Tua doesn't have a lot to work with, but if you just look at his rookie season... Tua was 6-3 and three in nine starts with 11 touchdowns, five interceptions. He had an 87 passer rating, and he threw for about 201 yards a game. Okay, not exactly Dan Marino. But, I'm, but, but hold that thought because if you just look at this century, it's all I'm looking at, and I excluded Pat Mahomes, Drew Brees, and Tom Brady. Why? Only because they didn't start multiple games as rookies. Tua started nine. That's why I didn't include them. But Josh Allen, who some people think could be the year's MVP, well, he had 11 starts his rookie season. He was 5-6 and six with a 67 passer rating, 181 yards per game, 10 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Remember, two was 6-3, and three, 11 TDs, 5 interceptions, and an 87 passer rating. How about Joe Flacco? Went on to win a Super Bowl. He had a very good rookie season. He was 11-5, and five, but he still only threw 185 yards per game. He had a much better team in Baltimore, 14 TDs, 12 interceptions. Ryan Tannehill. He's lighted up this year. He's, he's outstanding. But his rookie season, he was 7-9 with a 76 passer rating, 12 TDs, 13 interceptions. How about Derek Carr? Everybody recognizes that Derek Carr is having one of his best years ever. He's playing at an elite level. 3-13 his rookie season. 204 yards a game, about the same as Tua, 76 passer rating. Eli Manning, he's going to the Hall of Fame. 
He was 1-6 as a rookie, a 55 passer rating, 139 yards per game, six touchdowns, nine interceptions. Carson Wentz helped get a team to a Super Bowl, then got hurt, 7-9 as a rookie with a 79 passer rating, 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. Jared Goff, he's been to a Super Bowl, 0-7 as a rookie. Matt Stafford, everybody's new darling. He started 10 games his rookie year. That was back in 2009. I remember that team well. He was 2-8 with a 61 passer rating. 13 touchdowns, 20 interceptions. So can we maybe get off to his back? Next week, I'm going to compare him to other guys like Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow and Matt Ryan and Kyler Murray. You'd be surprised that even though a lot of these quarterbacks became highly effective, excellent, elite in some cases, they started slow. This is a National Football League. I mean, you've got to be a freak to step right into this league and have success your first year. And Miami doesn't exactly have a lot to work with. They're a dumpster fire. So let's hold off on Tua for just a minute. In this fast food microwave society we live in where everybody wants instant gratification, I'm of the I'm of the opinion that under the right leadership and in the right situation over time and after he's gotten about 27 starts under his belt, you're going to see a different Tua Tagovailoa. I would not give up on that kid just yet. Coming up, you know him, you love him, you can't live without him. It's that time of the week. We bring in Mackenzie Rivers for a little Mackinac Sports, and he's got some interesting information involving the Patriots-Chargers game tomorrow. We're going to give you the kind of data you only find on this show. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted in 99% of the places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studio. Stick and stay. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. All right, we're back on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. We'll take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. We are just about now, 8 hours and 11 minutes from NFL Week 8. So we bring him in. You know him, you love him, you can't live without him. It's that time of the show. We call it Mackinac Sports with Mackenzie Rivers to bring you the only data, the type of data you'll get right on this show. Mackenzie, what's happening, man? Hey, how you doing? Get ready for some football? <laughs> yes, looking forward to the action today. And uh, you have got some information you'd like to share with the Patriots and Chargers. Obviously, uh, New England travels across country to visit the Chargers who are coming off a bye. Spoiler alert, best bet, Patriots, plus four and a half. But let's mm-hmm. talk about this matchup. It's fascinating to me. Okay. Because what this line is saying to me, and the Patriots you know, have not beaten anybody. I think A.J. Hoffman was bringing that up uh, behind the scenes here. Like That's true. But they also haven't really lost to anybody too badly. They played the number one team in the league, the Bucks, down to the final moments. And they're getting four and a half points here at L.A., a team that has had almost no home field advantage in their history historically you know new coach new regime but let's you know let's call facts facts there LA fans are more of Raiders people more Rams people not much of a home field advantage and they're getting four and a half the Patriots are the Chargers that much better well the Patriots if you look at most power ratings are an average team so the question becomes are the Chargers an above average team let me pose that question to you you know, this is a tough game for me tomorrow. I know a lot of the sharp guys do like uh, the Patriots. Uh, I have full disclosure, uh, I'm not going to be involved in the game tomorrow. But I will say this, McKenzie, Bill Belichick is 28-14 and 14 against the number as an underdog in his lifetime, and he's won 23 of those games outright. So the long and short of it is, while the Chargers have got a prolific team, I think New England is better than the record. So I think, uh, as a matter of fact, the line was five and a half earlier in the week. What is it now, McKenzie? Four and a half? Yeah, it's down to four and a half. Got hit Friday. The syndicates came in and took all the sixes out, all the fives and out, all the five and a halves out. Only Patriots plus four and a half. I like to be on the side that the syndicates are hitting. And I'll, I'll say it like this. The Chargers are an average team with a high-potential quarterback. That's a big discrepancy from being an above-average hey, Can you hold that team. thought for just a second? Because I think it kind of segues into another point you wanted to make here. Everybody forgets Justin Herbert's so good. It's only his second year in the league. And if you look at the Patriots, they've had one-score losses against Tampa Bay and Dallas. Both of those teams have elite quarterback play. And Justin Herbert, I consider borderline elite, but... He's the type. He's a second-year guy, and the type of guy Belichick can, you know, force a turnover. So, your thoughts? Exactly one week ago, it was us right here on this segment at 150 Pacific saying Belichick, in his 30-year career against first and second-year quarterbacks, dominates 65% against the spread. That goes all the way back to the Cleveland days. But he does even better the second chance he gets them and the third chance he gets them. Remember, the Patriots dominated Herbert and the Chargers 35 to nothing last year. 
Second and third cracks at a young quarterback. Belichick is 22-8 and eight against the number. That's absurd stuff, 24-6 and six straight up. Yes, well, and let's not forget, even though the Chargers are coming off their bye, their last game, they got rolled 34-6 to six by Baltimore. It'll be interesting to see how they uh, react to that. And believe it or not, I'm not sure how much significance this stat has, McKenzie, but New England has actually beaten the Chargers six straight. They, they tend to win those close ones, and the Chargers historically, regime after regime, have lost an incredible amount of close games. They can't seem to hang it together. Maybe that's the reason why they don't have any fans down there. And you mentioned that they're off their bye. This is actually the one spot that the market overvalues the bye. If you bet a dog on a bye week, you're good. If you bet a road favorite on a bye week, you're good 60% against the spread. But if you bet a home favorite, historically, since 1990, you are missing expectation by 2%, only 47.8% for home favorites. Well, interesting stuff. So, needless to say, it looks like you'll be on the Patriots tomorrow. Have you grabbed the points yet? Have you already fired on it? Or Yes, I did. I got five. I didn't get the best number, but I got a good number. You got a good number. Better than better than four and a half. And five's not as bad <laughs> of a number as it used to be with all these two-point conversions and field goals. So, something to maybe talk about in a, uh, in a future segment. Okay, we'll see you back in an hour, McKenzie. You'll be talking about prop bets coming up. We've done that the last couple of weeks. You've done real well in those prop bets. McKenzie will have one for you for the early game, the afternoon game, and then the Sunday night game. Coming up, we're going to take a tour around the Sunday slate in the NFL again because there's a lot we left out and we want to get back to it. I'm Bernie Fratto. Stick and stay. This is Fox Sports Sunday, and this is Fox Sports Radio. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio rolls right on. I'm Bernie Fratto, coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. We will take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. We are now seven hours and 59 minutes away from kickoff for week eight of the NFL season. Well, that's technically not true. It kicked off Thursday when Green Bay visited Arizona, but I digress. We'll get to that in just a second. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted at 99% of the places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. I thought it was a great game Thursday night. And not for nothing, not only does Aaron Rodgers go in and get a road win without Devontae Adams, his best receiver, and knock off an undefeated team, the final undefeated team in the NFL, the Arizona Cardinals. But their coach uh, reached an also reached a new plateau. His 40th game, Matt Lafleur now 33 and seven in his first 40 games as an NFL coach, 27 and 13 against the spread. That's not bad either for a you know tidy 67 percent. Let's give that some significance. He passed Don Shula. He passed Chuck Knox. He passed George Seifert as the winningest coach after 40 games. Green Bay now 10-2 and against the spread their last 12 games, and I thought Aaron Rodgers looked stellar. Now, as we look ahead to later on today and Monday, something to note for this week in the NFL. So far this season, NFL road dogs, teams going on the road, catching points of less than seven. They're 30 and 12 against the spread so far this year. That's a tidy 71%, and they're covering these games by an average of six points per game. That's something. Now, in case you're wondering who falls into that category this week, we've already had the Packers. Thursday night, they went into Arizona. They were a road underdog of less than seven. They were getting six, six and a half. Uh, they went outright. Not only covered the number, they cut, they hung the number, they went outright. And tomorrow, you've got the Washington football team catching three against Denver. The Patriots, they were at five. They're now four and a half. They visit the Los Angeles Chargers. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they head to Seattle coming out of their bye week. They're three and a half point underdogs at Seattle. The Carolina Panthers, plus two and a half at Atlanta. And finally, the Steelers, a game I like. I kind of like the Steelers tomorrow. Haven't fired on them yet, but they're getting three and a half at Cleveland. So all of those teams I just mentioned fall into the category of what's been a pretty solid trend so far this year in the NFL, 30-12 and 12 against the number, 71%. If you are going on the road and you're catching less than seven points, let's talk about that Carolina game. Thing is, Atlanta is 6-1 and one, their last seven versus Carolina. And Carolina really, really, really misses Christian McCaffrey. They were 3-0 straight up, 3-0 against the spread with McCaffrey in the lineup. They're 0-4 against the number without him. Poor Sam Darnold. Uh, it looks like he's broken. The Panthers' season is completely spiraled in the wrong direction. And uh, Sam Darnold, they're having remorse about him. Carolina absolutely needs Christian McCaffrey back in the worst way. But I'm not sure. You know, Even if they had him tomorrow, I'm not sure. Matt Ryan's uh, got 10 touchdowns and one interceptions. One interception, check that, in the last four games. 
And typically when these two NFC South teams get together, the home team wins. But remember, we're bucking a trend. It's a short number, not a game I am going to get anywhere near. Miami visits Buffalo. Buffalo laying 14 now. Buffalo had a bye week. Uh, and then remember, in week two, these two teams have already played. Buffalo went down to Miami. They crushed the Dolphins 35 to nothing. That was a game that Tua left with an injury. But in the last two weeks, Tua has completed 75% of his passes. Miami's had a couple of heartbreaking losses. They're playing probably the best team in the AFC. I defended Tua earlier last hour, and I'm going to continue to do it because I think people are harshly judging him too soon. He's completed 66% of his passes this year. His passer rating was 90% or checked at 90 last week. And in his career, he's thrown 29 touchdowns, 19 interceptions. And he's been on a bad team the entire time coming off major injuries. Pro Football Focus had him ranked 6th last week. He's 16th overall this season. I think we're being a little hard on Tua. I don't know if Buffalo covers the two touchdowns tomorrow, but I don't think you can back Miami. It's a game I'm not involved in. San Francisco visits Chicago. Now, Chicago is catching three and a half points. Believe it or not, they've been 12-4 and four against the spread as a home dog the last five years. And they're 7-1 and one in that situation when they face a losing team as a home dog. The 49ers have an under 500 record. Don't look now. But Kyle Shanahan's group is under 500. Now, there's a real catch here in this game. Justin Fields will start at quarterback. Matt Nagy will not be there. He's in a COVID protocol. He had, Justin Fields had five turnovers last week. And I, I hate to say it, I, Justin Fields is really just a long way away from being a major league quarterback. Not that he can't get there. But he's a long way away. And his default mechanism is still to run. I think he's got to keep his eyes downfield. He's got to be able to operate from the pocket. Everybody has to learn that skill. I like everything about Justin Fields, his physical presence, his attitude. Uh, he, I think he's got the winning gene. But the NFL demands a certain skill set. It's a, it's a position you play with your eyes. I'm not going to give that speech again tonight. But I would just say this. I think Fields is a ways away. The 49ers are a road favorite. And the Bears, they struggle mightily on offense. But keep in mind that the, the Niners are, are minus seven in turnover ratio. So they've not exactly had a stellar year. Justin Fields is slightly more comfortable at home than he is on the road. Maybe he can make a couple of cute plays in open space tomorrow. And, again, Matt Nagy's not going to be there. I don't really know what their relationship is. Again, not a game I am going to – I'm, I'm having nothing to do with that game tomorrow. And I got to tell you. It would not surprise me if the Bears won outright. Am I predicting that? No, but it would not surprise me if the Bears outright. I'm not grabbing the points and I'm not laying them. Got to be selective. Uh, it's been you know rough couple of weeks for me. I'm not gonna lie. The books lost the last two or three weeks. So did I. But that's what happens. You try to make good decisions with the information you have, and you're cautious. This next game, haven't fired on it yet. I may back Pittsburgh. Uh, Case Keenum, yes, he's 34 and 42 lifetime, but don't ma- it doesn't matter because it looks like Baker Mayfield is going to be, you know, starting tomorrow. He's back in the fold for Cleveland. Now, this is something I never thought I would say about uh, this situation. This is a huge game for these two teams that are trying to keep pace with the Ravens and Bengals. The Bengals, the Bengals are leading their division, rightfully so. They're damn good. 
So Pittsburgh catching three and a half at Cleveland. Both teams need this game. The Browns have injuries everywhere, but they still have a defense that ranks third in the NFL in rush defense. And so if Cleveland can keep Najee Harris contained and they can turn Ben Roethlisberger over once or twice, I think Cleveland probably wins. Pittsburgh has allowed over 100 yards rushing for the last five games. And again, Cleveland has the number two defense in the NFL. They only allow 295 yards per game. But I don't know what it is with Cleveland. It's always something. It's, they, they, uh, they can't get out of their own way. Um, so we'll see what happens. A lot of folks in that respect think Detroit gets their first win tomorrow. I don't know. Maybe they do. The Eagles are lousy road favorites. They're 1-7 against the spread versus non-divisional foes. And I, bet, I gave this stat back in the 11 o'clock hour. Lions are now 0-7. You already knew that. But teams who start 0-7, they cover 63% of the time in Week 8. Lions are a home dog tomorrow, catching 3.5 against the Eagles. Some people think that they might get their first win finally. Maybe they will. Eagles are, are a hot mess. They did not look good here last week in Las Vegas. The Eagles have allowed an average of 310 passing yards the last two weeks. And Detroit, you know, make fun of them all you want. I'm not going to. They play hard. They've had a couple one-score losses at home. They hung with the Rams and traded blows last week. They had Baltimore beat, took like a 98-yard field goal to beat them. The problem with the damn Lions, they just can't score points, and that's because they don't have a hell of a lot of NFL players on that team. Pick on Jared Goff all you want. Who's he throwing to? Some guy that was working at Napa Auto Parts last week? The Lions don't have a lot of NFL players, but they do play hard. But um, I think Dan Campbell's become kind of a sentimental favorite. Uh one game that I am very much on tomorrow, I like the Colts at home against the Titans, and I have a hell of a lot of respect for Tennessee. Uh, they're coming off two straight home dog wins, very impressive fashion. But the defense is not great. They don't travel well. They're giving up 400 yards per game. Or check that, 377 yards per game. That ranks 22nd, Tennessee is. They're allowing 4.6 yards per rush. That's 25th. And 7.7 yards per passing attempt. That's a lot. That ranks them 27th. Besides, Indianapolis has the Titans number. They're 15-5 and five straight up, 14-7 and seven against the spread. Their last 10 years against, uh, against Tennessee. Uh, now, again, to be fair, Tennessee did beat Indy in week three, 23-16. It's hard to beat your division twice in the same year. I like the Colts because you're getting a very favorable. I mean, now the, the line has swung over. The Colts are now laying two and a half, three in some shops. But if you got this on the send-off, you got the Colts plus one. Basically, they just need to win the game. Okay, you know? Now, I, I, I wouldn't chase this line. I wouldn't lay three. Maybe you play the money line. I'm not saying it's going to be an easy game. But the Colts are in the AFC South hunt. And Carson Wentz is actually looking a lot better than I thought he would. He's had four straight games where he's throwing multiple touchdown passes and hadn't had a single interception in any of those games, he has become a playmaker. I thought they looked very impressive last Sunday night at San Francisco in bad weather. Since Talk about impressive. How about Cincinnati? Now, they are laying 10 at New York. The Jets only scoring a paltry 13 points per game this season. They haven't scored a single point in the first quarter in any game. Careful on this game, though, because you don't lay 10 points on the road in the NFL and expect to be successful. Uh, the Jets are starting Mike White at quarterback. Uh, Zach Wilson is hurt. But, uh, you know, I got to believe that Joe Burrell and uh, Jamar Chase uh, combination continues to flourish. And the Bengals are absolutely for real. The Jets are only 1-5 against the number this season. Uh, 
you know, you're, you're going to be laying a lot of points. I, I would just say this in the, in the National Football League, you do not get rich laying points on the road. You do not get rich laying double digits. You'd be, you'd be doing both in this game. One interesting game that we didn't talk about at all earlier, the Washington football team at Denver. I told you they fall into that trend. They're getting less than six points on the road, seven points on their own. Washington only ranks 32nd in scoring defense, but the Browns' offense is in starvation mode. They're absolutely anemic. and But Washington's lost four straight. Uh, Denver's only wins this year. And I think I was wrong about them. I thought they were going to be a playoff team. The only teams they've beaten are the Jags, the Jets, and the Giants. I think they beat East Carolina too, but that game doesn't count. Could this be a get-right game for the Broncos? Maybe, but you're laying more in a field goal. The Broncos, they come home. They have the best. They, well, actually, they do have still have the best, the third best scoring defense in the NFL. They're only allowing 18 points a game. Meanwhile, Washington's allowing 30 points per game this season. And I do like Teddy Bridgewater. He's not having quite the year I thought he was going to have. He's taken nine sacks in the last three weeks. So you'd figure Washington will try to dial up the pressure here. But I think if you're going to play this game, you can only look to the home team. Washington is just a mess. So pros really like the home team in the game I'm about to mention, and that is New Orleans catching four and a half at home against Tampa Bay. By the way, Jameis 18 and 10 against the spread when he's a home dog of more than three points. Sean Payton, a great coach in the NFL who doesn't get a hell of a lot of airplay, but he's won a Super Bowl. Look, Sean Payton has beaten the Tampa Bay Buccaneers five straight regular season games. Now, remember, they lost in the playoffs last year, but Sean Payton is also 18-2 and two against the spread in his life when he's at home and he's getting four points or more. That's the situation tomorrow. Uh, I haven't fired on that game. I don't really want to go against Tom Brady, but I would look to the home team if I, if I was. Um, Dallas and Minnesota, uh, you heard Brian's update. Uh, I've told the, you know, look, the markets have spoken. These guys know what they're doing. All the money coming in on Minnesota leads people to believe that Dak is not going to play. But I was told he's telling people he's okay and he can play. I don't know if he is. Uh, gun to my head, I'd say it's 51-49 that he does. I, he's going to warm up, and if the calf holds up, he'll play. We'll see. Um, it's a mystery, so I can't bet that game till you know. But Kirk Cousins only 1-7 against the spread when he's playing against teams coming off a bye. Be a huge difference if Dak does not play. Cooper Rush is not Dak Prescott, but you already knew that. Finally, Monday night. I just don't get it. The, key, the Chiefs continue to lay a bazillion points in every game they play. It's like the Kansas City Chiefs tax. They're laying 10 against the New York Giants. The Chiefs are not only only 3-15 and 15 against the spread in their last 18 games, but their defense is, is, is absolutely a disaster. Uh, they're allowing 7.1 yards per play. They're allowing 32 points per game. They're 29th against the run, and their defense is 31st overall. Now, could this be a get-right game for Kansas City? They're they're cornered like an angry, you know, an angry rat in the corner. But they've also turned the ball over 17 times this year, which is number one in the NFL. Now, the Giants have got injuries all over the place. They're a total mash unit. But one trend that makes you look at New York in this game is the Giants are 18 and four against the spread as a road dog since 2017 that's 82 percent so if monday night rolls around and you get 10 points 
Maybe play it for pizza money. Play it for, you know, a Happy Meal money. A half a unit, whatever you want to call it. But if if Monday rolls around and I can still get 10 or more, I will probably take a flyer on the New York Giants. Come on, 3-15, the last 18 games, the Chiefs have not looked good. And when you're giving up seven yards of play, look, the greatest offense in the history of the National Football League was the greatest show on turf. That was the Rams team with Kurt Warner, Dick Vermeil, Marshall Falk, and Torrey Holt and all those guys back in 2000-2001. Now, or 99 and 2000, whatever the case may be. The point of the matter is this, that they averaged seven yards of carry, or seven yards of play. No national football team has averaged that for a season before or after. So that's my way of saying that the Kansas City Chiefs have essentially turned all their opponents in to the greatest show on turf. Proceed with caution if you're going to lay the 10 points with the Kansas City Chiefs. Acknowledging they might take it out on them, but they're 3-15 and 15 against the number in their last 18. So I would be very careful with your hard-earned money. Coming up, Tuesday's a big day in college football. Yep, we're going to have the initial Final Four playoff, you know, allotment, rankings, however you want to call it. And keep in mind, keep one thing in mind, the last six years, seven years, they've done this in this current f- phony four-team format that the initial four-team uh, playoff was never the one that ended up being the final 14 playoff. But I'll give you my thoughts and from a Las Vegas perspective. I'm Bernie Frado coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. So keep it locked. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We're back on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. 
We are just seven hours and 35 minutes away from NFL Week 8 kicking off. Although, not technically, because Green Bay played Arizona Thursday, but you get my point. College football is starting to funnel down into what will be this goofy four-team made-for-TV playoff. And the reason I think it's time to talk about it is because Tuesday will be the inaugural four-team ranking that if the season were to end today, these would be the teams in the playoffs. But we all know that the initial four-team ranking is never the final one, so there will be a lot of changes. And what's interesting is uh, in Las Vegas, this is talked about quite a bit this week because we believe the best gauge in assessing the true ranking of a team is to weigh them against their betting odds to win a championship. So, like, for instance, before today, you could assume that Georgia was number one. They were, we have them at plus 105 to win the championship. Uh, they, they continue to play impressive football. And, yes, by the way, they stuffed a very good Florida team today in the world's largest cocktail party. Alabama, uh, they were plus 240. Ohio State was 7-1. to And Oklahoma was 12-1. to Now, see, you notice I didn't mention Cincinnati. And I really take my hat off to Cincinnati. They just continue to win they beat everybody you ask that notre dame win is looking better and better as notre dame continues to win but cincinnati right now you can get it 30 to 1 to win the national championship so by virtue of betting odds they wouldn't be in the top four although i think they're very deserving because they're undefeated in fact we've got four undefeated teams right now that i think would get the nod. Georgia, they're undefeated. Oklahoma's undefeated. Now Michigan State, who before today was 80-1 to in Cincinnati, who's done everything asked. I didn't even mention Wake Forest. Give the Demon Deacons a hell of a lot of credit. They continue to thump teams. Their quarterback, Sam Hartman, is very good. And don't poo-poo them. Don't say they're not that good because they're in the ACC. No, not, not fair. They're hammering everybody who they play. And in the past, you know, Florida State was always in the ACC. When they were good, they got their due, and certainly so did Clemson. So you can't just say the ACC is not good now just because Wake Forest is leading the pack. But someone's going to go home butthurt. Oregon's got a one-loss team. Ohio State's got a one-loss team. What if they both end up as a one-loss team? Who gets picked? If you're Oregon, you're saying, well, why isn't it us? Oregon went into Ohio State and won, beat them in Columbus without their best player. Shouldn't head-to-head matter? And what do you do with Alabama? Alabama's a one-loss team. Inevitably, it feels like they're heading toward a collision course to play Georgia in the SEC championship game. What if Georgia beats them? Alabama would have two losses. The committee's never taken a two-loss team. I don't think they will this year either, even though Bama clearly would be one of the best four. Bama seven, you know, they're plus two forty to win the national championship. But if Georgia loses to Bama, it's reasonable for me to believe that it's going to be Bama and Georgia. Oklahoma, with their new quarterback now, they look awfully good. And it seems, barring something unforeseen, that they've got a likelihood to run the table and win the Big Twelve championship and be in the final four. They're currently 12-1. to They've been a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde team. You saw how bad they looked against Kansas last week before they scored 35 in the second half. Well, they look very good today. And so maybe they're starting to hit their stride. 
What if Michigan State continues to run the table? They beat Ohio State. I don't know. We're getting a bit ahead of ourselves. The key is, is I've listed eight teams. Ohio State, Alabama, Oregon, Wake Forest, Georgia, Oklahoma, Michigan State, and Cincinnati, all who feel they would have a claim, and they do, assuming, I mean, if the season were to end today. But, again, Oregon's 50-1 to 1 right now heading into today. They got to they win today. They, they weren't super impressive against Colorado, but they did put up 52. Michigan State before today was 80-1. to 1. Uh, Oklahoma, 12-1. to 1. Michigan, you can write them off now. They were actually 20 to 1. I never believed for a minute. Uh, I, I've said at the beginning of the year, I thought they'd be a three loss team, and I still think they will. I don't think they'll go into Penn State and win, and I don't think they'll beat Ohio State, but I don't, I don't know why I'm wasting my time on this. I'm talking about the 14 playoff. So when Tuesday rolls around, it'll be the first pass. And this is my roundabout way of saying we need to junk this system and go to a system where. You have, it's a championship-based system where the five power conferences are in and, you know, you open the door for at-large teams. You open the door for a group of five conferences as long as they have at least one win over a power five team. And we'll talk about that in future shows as I have in past shows. But the thought, the prevailing thought here was that if you really wanted to put the four teams that might have the best chance of actually winning it, you would do it based on the odds, a concept that I don't think the NCAA is going to do. But think about it. Think about it. As much as I love Cincinnati, the truth of the matter is at 30-1, to 1, they're just not as likely to win the national championship as an Ohio State would or an Alabama would or a Georgia would. But I hope Cincinnati gets in, I'll tell you, because what they've done has been incredibly impressive. Coming up, we talk about a different kind of football. Chris Perfett with his weekly commentary on the world of football, F-U-T-B-O-L, and soccer, as they call it, as we call it. And, it, uh, you know, the Premier League is incredibly popular, whether you believe it or not. And they're at the quarter pole, and here again, here's a manager coming under scrutiny. You talk about pressure. My God. Chris will get to that in just a minute. But first, let's go to the man who is the president of the most popular and fastest growing fan fanatic club this side of the mississippi and that of course is the family fanatics it's brian finley with the latest thank you bernie you guys are about to talk about soccer on the pitch well the braves pitched with a bullpen game on saturday in game four of the world series and it ended up working pretty well for them they got a 3-2 victory over the astros to take a three games to one lead in that matchup with Game 5 happening tonight at 8.15 Eastern on Fox Television. As far as college football, we'll start with some of the games that finished later on in the evening on Saturday with number 5 Ohio State getting the job done against 20th ranked Penn State 33-24. The Buckeyes made four field goals. Number 21 San Diego State is no longer undefeated as Fresno State bests the Aztecs 30-20. 25th ranked BYU demonizes Virginia 66 to 49 and Cougars running back Tyler Allgaier five scores on the ground 11th ranked Notre Dame 
beats down North Carolina 44 to 34. Kyron Williams averaging nine yards per carry, had 144 yards on the ground. Houston slashing 19th ranked SMU 44 to 37. Marcus Jones with that kickoff return for a touchdown late to seal things down the stretch. Mississippi State with a win in the SEC over 12th ranked Kentucky and Mark Stoops is Wildcats 31 to 17. Will Rogers that air raid quarterback for Mike Leach and the Bulldogs 36 of 39 completions as far as his passes that's 92 percent number 10 Ole Miss goes down on the road to 18th ranked Auburn 31 to 20 and we are about seven and a half hours to that first wave of NFL games happening on this Sunday and according to NFL Network as Bernie has been talking about Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott will see how his calf reacts and how it holds up in regular warm-ups today to determine if he can hit the field and play. Good news, though, for Cowboy fans. Offensive lineman Tyron Smith is healthy enough to go despite that injury to his ankle that has been weighing him down. Bucks tight end Rob Gronkowski is considered a game-time decision, but there seems to be optimism flowing in that he will see the field as he has been dealing with a rib problem. Dolphins wide receiver Devontae Parker dealing with a pair of injuries is good to play. Chargers running back Austin Eckler has volunteered to say on Instagram that he will be playing despite a hip problem. And Browns wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr., a shoulder issue, won't keep him out of seeing the field for Cleveland as they send it back to our man in Las Vegas, Bernie Fratto. All right, thanks so much, Brian. All right, at this time every week, Chris Perfett files a report, and there are always things going on in the Premier League soccer and uh, they make international news. And, you know, we talk about coaches being on the hot seat here in America. It's at a different level in the Premier in the Premier League. As a matter of fact, recently two teams played each other and both of their managers' jobs, both of the managers, you know, last time I ran a den tongue from that place, both of the managers' jobs have come under fire. Chris, what do you got for us? So I'm bringing you to... <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Saturday's result between Manchester United and Tottenham Hotspur. And the two men in question, those managers we're talking about, for Manchester United is Ole Gunnar Skullshare, who has been with the team since 2018. He started as a caretaker after after Jose Mourinho left Manchester United. We've talked about Jose mm-hmm. Mourinho before. Yep. And on the other side is Nuno Espirito Santo, Portuguese manager, who came in in 2001 to take over Tottenham Hotspur from, once again, Jose Mourinho, who was dismissed from Hotspur back then, and he's only been with that team since the end of June. However, as as you said, we're at the quarter pole right now. Ten, ten matches have been played, and I, managers come under fire a lot. In the Premier League. For Skullshare, it's a little more understandable, at least where it started, because he's been there since 2018. He started as a caretaker, which is basically the the equivalent of an interim head coach here. And Manchester United has kind of... I, I, look, they, they've spent a lot out here to go get Cristiano Ronaldo, but they've, they've been plateaued for a while. And right now, they are fifth in the rankings which is not great, but not terrible for for Manchester United. We're talking about Manchester United. They have aspirations well beyond fifth. And coming into this with Tottenham Hotspur, who for many years has now been kind of in the middling of the table and 
for Liverpool, the stakes were a little more dire because fresh in the memory of a lot of their fans and supporters was a 5-0 drubbing from Liverpool last time they were in front of English audiences. Well, thankfully, with the help of said Cristiano Ronaldo, Manchester United pulled out a 3-0 victory, 3-0 victory over Tottenham Hotspur, which means now a lot of that pressure has moved off of Skullshire and onto Santo. In fact, it got so bad, there was a substitution in the 54th minute where Nuno replaced a very popular player, Luca Mora, with Steven Bergwin and and supporters in the stands. Those who hadn't left by that point, I will mind you, thousands had already left, but those who were there started booing and chanting, "You don't know what you're doing." <laughs> so, I this is this is. It's really bad they, they, for hot- They do that in Philadelphia. Yeah. But hey, but, but you know here you yeah. you make a distinction here. Let's let's take a minute to just unpack this for a second. In America you win or you lose and that, you know, they don't ask how just how many. But there they get that granular in terms of if you're making the wrong player personnel decisions, you come under scrutiny for that whether you win or lose. Is that fair? Yes. And I uh, you know, win or lose there's a lot of ways, you know, I I know that when I was growing up a lot of American sports fans who I talked to would make fun of the fact there are ties in soccer, but I would always say to those people, you know, a draw in soccer it's really about how that draw came out. And even when you win, sometimes it's about how you played in that win. Fans for football fans in Europe are very smart. They can tell when your scheme, when your, you know, your your uh, your defensive lineup is either going to work or is it, or it's not. And like, not a, a loss can be devastating, but a draw can be, you know, either uplifting or is distracting and even in a win there's still warning signs for Manchester United you know they've got right lo- uh, they've got a large roster and uh you know one of their big stars Pogba has Paul Pogba has yep, I know who he is. yeah yep. he's made his intention known he kind of wants to be traded out and there's they've tabled talks of his uh, contract for this year, but it sounds like Paris Saint-Germain want to come in and snatch him up. That would be a weapon out of Skullshire's uh, toolkit taken. They've got the Manchester Derby coming up. They've got to play Atalanta in Champions League play coming up here as well. It's not a it's not a easy road, even with the win for Skullshire. To remain a manager in Europe, and especially in the Premier League, you have to have consistent, excellent play. So Santo might be on the hot seat right now, even after, again, he's only been there since the, the end of June. So count on your fingers. He hasn't even made it a half year, and he might be getting dismissed as Hotspur start flailing and falling down the standings. But at the same time, Skullshire is not out of the woods yet. There's plenty more struggles for them to come across, and a lot of this is just probably because Again, there's a lot of good manager candidates out there, and if if you are a manager and your talent just isn't working, you're the easiest part to replace in soccer. All right, good stuff, Chris. We'll continue with this uh, every week at this time, and I guess the key takeaway from this one is in America, you survive in advance, you keep winning. You, you know, winning sort of cures all ills, not so much in the Premier League. You're going to be found out if you don't know what you're doing, even if you find a way to win games you shouldn't have won. Coming up, you know him, you love him, you can't live without him. We bring him back, Mackenzie Rivers, for our final segment tonight, Mackin on Sports. He will have, as he's had in previous weeks, one prop bet for every Sunday NFL betting window. 
If you're on the West Coast, we've got 10 o'clock games, we've got 1 o'clock games, and we've got the 5 o'clock evening game. In the East, it's 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, and 8 o'clock. You get the picture. McKenzie will have some prop bets for you that you can fire on here in just a few hours. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Keep it locked right here. Don't go away. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, we're back on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. Before I go any further tonight, I want to thank my broadcast team who's been with me for the last four hours. That would be Chris Perfett, Brian Finley on the updates, and Ricky Herrera in tonight for Bull Benson. Great job, guys. Outstanding. All right, it's that time of the show. You know him, you love him, you can't live without him. He's been rocked. He's been very hot giving away these prop bets. And McKenzie, the three prop bets we're going to talk about here, one for each betting window of each of the time frame of the games that will kick off here starting in 7 hours and 12 minutes, all have a consistent theme. But first, we head to Cleveland. They host the Pittsburgh Steelers. Baker Mayfield re-enters the scene as he tries to angle himself into a $100 million contract. I like Baker Mayfield to go under five and a half rush yards. Of course, Jay Glazer breaking news on Thursday Night Football a couple weeks ago. Broken humorous bone. That's not funny. You know what's really not funny as a fourth-year quarterback? Injuring yourself for this season as you try to get your multi-generational type of income. You notice he doesn't do commercials this year. He's focused on proving he can be a franchise quarterback. I don't think he wants to stick his neck out against this Steelers team and risk further injury. Well, here's what's interesting. In the heat of battle, you wonder if it'll be an autonomic response to take off and run. When I see a prop like this, McKenzie, it reminds me of past Super Bowls where the like the, the over-under on Peyton Manning would be like one and a half yards. Seriously. And I remember one particular Super Bowl, he'd actually rushed for like two yards. So if he had the over, you're about to cash. But then he got sacked with like the last two minutes of the game. So he gave him back. Anyway, five and a half yards. Not going to lie. I don't have the guts to fire on this one. Is there something that you really, do you really think Baker will have the discipline to not run and risk further injury? Yes. I think it's going to be something that they emphasize in the coaching room. Uh, Also, what I like about this number, they're favored, four points favorites, and they've been very consistent winners as four-plus favorites, as we've talked about. You get that kneel down at the end. You get two, three kneel downs. That could be the ball game. And what I like about this number is if you look at his 52 career games, dead center, 26 times he's gone over five yards or five or less, 26 okay. times he's gone over. So this number's already no, good. Even if there's a, a 10% stat. factor, it still helps us get this under. Okay, so there's a body of work there. That's that's pretty good when you add to the fact that he cannot really – I know the labrum injuries you know, on his non-throwing shoulder, but he can't take a, a chance of getting hurt. Okay, so the early game, you've got Cleveland hosting Pittsburgh. Your prop bet, the under on Baker Mayfield, five-and-a-half rush yards. Let's head back out to the West Coast where the Chargers host New England. 
Yes, let's double your money. Let's go from one buck to two bucks to four bucks by the end of the night, or eight bucks if I did that right. Anyway, the Chargers have a terrible rush defense. We've already taken advantage of this. Nick Chubb doubled his rushing prop when I gave it out over 84.5. Shout out to RJ Bell, who had it first at a better number. And Damian Harris of the New England Patriots is going to go over 70 rushing yards. We already talked about this game. It's my best side bet of the, of the slate. And the Chargers let you run on them. They're very concerned about the deep play. They're going to let you get those five, six, seven-yard chunks. And I think the Patriots are very well equipped to take advantage of the Chargers' 31st-ranked rush defense by pro football focus, dead last by football outsiders. So you've got Damian Harris, over 71 rush yards. That seems like a pretty solid bet. We talked about this last hour, McKenzie. Ball, uh, Check that. The Chargers coming off a bye, but yet in their prior game heading into the bye, they got handled by Baltimore 34-6. to And I got to believe Baltimore ran all over them that day, didn't they? Absolutely. They took advantage of their number one strength. And McDaniels and the Patriots, they don't, may not be Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, but they want to establish their, their front five. That's the kind of team they are. They just showed it against the Jets, putting up 150 yards on the ground. Damian Harris had 106 yards in that game, despite playing very little in the second half, because another side winner for us, the Patriots were running away with it. There you go. Well, there's, a, I guess, when it comes to Damian, would that be an omen? Two minutes. Oh, no. <laughs> Who writes this? See what I did there, McKenzie? See what I Rosemary's did there? Rosemary's baby. Very Still, nice. Look very at nice. you. Look at you. A man who knows his history. All right. The final bet, uh, Minnesota hosts Dallas, and this one involves Dalvin Cook. It's no secret that Kirk Cousins, the quarterback of the Vikings, has not fared well when the bright, brightest lights are on him. 9-15 and 15 ATS in primetime games only wins about one-third of the time straight up. But I kind of like the Vikings here, getting or laying three points, but that's not my bet. I'm going to go Delvin Cook over 84.5 rushing yards, because how do, how do the Vikings want to win this game? They want to take Kirk, make him very comfortable, give him the easy stuff, and pound the Cowboys on the ground. Dalvin Cook is finally healthy, not on the injury report at all for the first time this season. He had 150. You know, what a way to come back off the injury report last week against the Panthers at Carolina. And if you look at the last two seasons, the way they've run this team, 11 out of 17 games Cook has played in. He's gone over this number. On the bright, in the biggest stage, I think they pound the rock over and over again. I like Dalvin Cook over 84.5 rush yards tomorrow on Sunday Night Football. All right, good stuff, McKenzie. That might be my favorite of the three. First of all, Minnesota's not only at home, but let's re let's face it. The Vikings rely on Dalvin Cook and a tough defense to keep the Cowboys' offense off the field. So if Dalvin Cook runs the ball, assuming Dak plays, I'm not sure, that's how Minnesota wins the game. Then you've got Damian Harris over 71.5 rushing yards for New England and Baker Mayfield under 5.5 rush yards. Can't wait. Week 8 of the NFL is upon us. We'll see what happens as teams jockey for position to get to the playoffs. All right. Thanks for listening tonight. I'm Bernie Fratto. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Keep it locked. Up next, Andy Furman and Brian No, right here on Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.